Unity welcomes the United States Assistant Secretary for Health, Admiral Rachel Levine, to Faxinated. Admiral Levine serves in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, otherwise known as HHS. She fights every day to improve the health and well-being of all people in our nation. On this episode, Admiral Levine explains the importance of HPV vaccines for cancer prevention and why it should be a top priority for us all. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much. I'm really pleased to be here. So in your position as the Assistant Secretary for Health, what is your role in building vaccine confidence with parents? Well, vaccine confidence is a very important part of my role. Now, um, uh, as background, I'm a pediatrician with my initial training, and then um, uh, I'm also an adolescent medicine subspecialist. So preventative medicine is is very important. And also vaccines are one of the, the foundations of preventative medicine. I lead the National Vaccine Program and the National Vaccine Advisory Committee. And they are working with local communities to, uh, to, to try to understand the reasons about vaccine hesitancy, develop interventions, and really work to increase vaccine confidence. This is so important in the age of COVID-19 uh, with our safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines, um, but it's also important for the, the basic preventative vaccine series that we have for children, adolescents, and adults which have been really one of the success stories of the 20, 20th and 21st century. But we are facing misinformation and disinformation about vaccines, and we have to work to counter that. How has your past experiences and learnings informed your work on vaccine confidence? Well, really throughout my um, entire training and career in pediatrics and adolescent medicine um, has informed my um, respect and admiration for uh, preventative medicine and specifically in terms of, of vaccines. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. I mean, I, I did my training in pediatrics at Mount Sinai Hospital from 1983 to 1988. Um, at that time, we used to see a lot of Haemophilus influenza type B infections. It's a bacteria, Haemophilus influenza type B. Uh, and we would see children who were very ill with sepsis, with bloodborne infections with, with HIV, um, with meningitis and pneumonia. And uh, really, uh, by the end of my training, there was the development of a safe and effective vaccine for Haemophilus influenza type B bacterial infections. And I know that trainees now and pediatricians now almost never see those infections. Again, those are infections that we had to deal with significantly when, when I was a young person, uh, when I was a, a young person in training in, um, uh, in pediatrics. And another vaccine that was developed um, early in my, in, in my career when I was a faculty member was the human papillomavirus vaccine, the, the HPV vaccine, uh, a safe and effective vaccine that uh, against the most common sexually transmitted infection that we see in America um, that, that can lead to, to cancer. It can lead to cervical cancer, um, to penile cancer and laryngeal cancer. And so we have a cancer prevention vaccine, but because of vaccine misinformation and disinformation, it's a, it's a challenge to get patients and families to take it. So such important issues that we have to work with and to promote. So from your perspective, why is it important for parents to ensure that their adolescents and young adults are vaccinated against HPV? 
Well, you know, this is something that I that I worked on in my career as a faculty member in, ad, in academic medicine um, in pediatrics and adolescent medicine at the Penn State College of Medicine and the uh, Penn State Hershey Medical Center. Um, and I would work with, uh, with with and see patients and work with parents to get their children vaccinated when the vaccine first came out and then worked to teach uh, uh uh, residents and medical students to, to be able to do that. Um, the HPV vaccine, again, is a cancer prevention vaccine to the most common sexually transmitted infection that we see in, in the United States. Um, and, you know, cervical cancer, which can, which can be so severe and devastating, uh, can be prevented with the HPV vaccine, especially with, with, the, with the new versions of the HPV vaccine, HPV vaccine, which cover really all of the different serotypes that can cause um, infections and cervical cancer. And so it's just so important to, to talk to parents about getting the young people, according to the guidelines of the, of the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, getting young people vaccinated um, really in, in pre-adolescence, in their, in their pre-teenage years. And we want to do this early uh, so, so that later um, in their teenage or adult years, they'll be protected against this infection. This is not a a sex vaccine in, in any way. This does not promote sexual activity. This is a cancer prevention vaccine. Um, and it's just critically important for young people to get. One of the, the, the misinformation uh, statements that have been said is that it promotes sex among young people. That has been proven to be false. I mean, there are numerous articles in the literature which demonstrate that there is no increase in sexual activity in any way among young people who receive this vaccine. And it should be given just as part of the normal vaccination series that preteens get. Currently, HPV vaccine is recommended as early as nine years old. And so you've mentioned that this vaccine should be given pre-adolescent. So how does a young person's age factor into these recommendations for HPV vaccines? Well, um, young people can have a more robust immune response. And so the earlier that you can give the vaccine, according to the guidelines, again, from the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, the better and more robust immune, immune response you can have for protection. And so giving it early is best. So we also know that cancer rates um, and associated deaths are higher in minority populations and rural communities. So how can we ensure that adolescents and young adults in these populations are getting vaccinated? Well, it's a critically important point, and, and it brings up the important issue of health equity. Health equity is one of the most important uh, foundations of all of our work in my office and really across the Department of Health and Human Services. And so um, COVID-19, for example, has, has demonstrated the depth and breadth of the health disparities that we see in our nation. And, and you're right, we have to make sure that disadvantaged communities, vulnerable communities get the vaccinations uh, that, that, that they need. And of course, that includes uh, historically disadvantaged communities such as the African-American community, the Latino community, the American Indian Native Alaskan community and, and others. Um, and so with all of our work in health equity, that includes these important vaccinations. 
And so we'll work, uh, for example, with, with uh, HRSA, which runs the community health centers to make sure that vaccines are given in all of our community health centers. Uh, we'll work uh, through the Vaccines for Children Act uh, and Vaccines for Children program run through the CDC, where children who are um, uninsured or underinsured, we can make sure that they get their vaccinations. And of course, we work with our, with our partners uh, in the community, such as the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Family Physicians, as they support vaccinations for, for young people, particularly in, in communities that have, that have experienced these health disparities. Absolutely. So the Biden administration has a cancer moonshot initiative that has a goal of decreasing cancer-related deaths by 50% and improving the lives of those living and surviving cancer. And they have said that HPV is a priority for them. So how is the Moonshot Initiative helping to ensure that adolescents are protected with HPV vaccines? Well, you're entirely correct. The Cancer Moonshot Program is an absolute priority for President Biden and the administration. And as we've been emphasizing, the HPV vaccine is a cancer prevention vaccine, and it can prevent most cancers, um, uh, cervical cancers, uh, penile cancers, many laryngeal cancers and others. And so it is really intricately involved in terms of the cancer moonshot. And so that is why we're all working together, um, uh, breaking down silos to make sure that young people are vaccinated with this cancer prevention vaccine. Wonderful. So I want to get into some common myths. Are there any you want to debunk? Well, so originally, uh, the HPV vaccine was approved only for females. Um, and that was only because that was the initial studies that the companies that produced the vaccine um, presented to the FDA when it, when it received its approval. Uh, but they have su- since done the studies for males as well. And so the vaccine is not just for females, it's for males and females and for um, those that are transgender and gender non-binary as well. So really everyone should be getting the HPV vaccine because men can get HPV, uh, transgender individuals and gender non-binary individuals can get HPV, and it can cause cancer in those individuals. And so really, all young people should be getting the HPV vaccine. Absolutely. That was one of the myths I was going to bring up. So I'm glad you brought that up. A myth that we've heard is that it's not safe to get multiple vaccines in one wellness visit. So for example, getting HPV and a flu shot or your COVID-19 shot. What do you have to say about that one? Well, so that that has been proven to be false. And so we know um, that that pediatricians, according to guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics, will end up giving multiple vaccines per visit. And that's for for young infants and young children, as well as for teenagers. And so we do know that the HPV vaccine can be given with the other vaccines that are given um, at that age in the preteen visit. And so it's safe and effective and not a problem. And then another concern some parents might have is that the HPV vaccine can cause fainting. What, what can you say about that and potentially any other side effects? Well, you know, the, the side effects to our current approved vaccinations are very mild. Um, you know, we know that vaccines can cause a little pain at the site of the injection, a little swelling and redness, and that can happen with the HPV vaccine as well. Um, it, it, it's not a myth. We have seen that some young people will faint after the HPV vaccine. And uh, 
really what's been shown is that it, it, the kids, the young people recover very quickly. It has no lasting effect. And so we, we work to prevent that. So we'll, you know, ask the young people to lie down when we give that shot. Um, and so uh, parents should not be overly concerned about that. And again, as a pediatrician, uh, we, you know, we, we work to prevent the young person from fainting or sort of de- or dealing with that. We'll uh, give some something to drink or maybe a snack before the vaccine. And mostly it's just reassurance is that the young person is going to be fine. And this way we can prevent cancer. So what suggestions can you share on how parents, adolescents, young adults, and healthcare providers can improve confidence in HPV vaccine within their network and practices? Well, you know, I think it starts uh, and and we want to coordinate among all levels of public health and medicine. So that includes local, state and federal public health officials, which we need to coordinate together in terms of vaccinations. And we need to work again with our our stakeholders uh, and our provider community, uh, pediatricians and family physicians. You know, we work very closely, of course, with nurse practitioners and physicians assistants and with nurses, all to put out the same positive message about the importance and the safety of vaccinations, um, including the adolescent vaccines and, of course, the HPV vaccine. You know, we know from studies from the American Academy of Pediatrics that it can be even as simply as how the provider talks about the vaccines. And so, you know, a pediatrician or other provider might say to a parent and a young person, a preteen that, you know, we're going to be giving you your vaccines and you're going to be getting tetanus booster and you're going to be getting a meningitis shot. And then let's talk about the HPV vaccine, even that pause, even that pause, um, and then bringing up the vaccine afterwards actually sends a subtle message that this vaccine is somehow different, is that we need to be cautious about this vaccine. And so the recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics and family physicians, et cetera, is to really just to, to, to lay it out there. We're going to be giving the vaccines at this visit, and they are one, two, and three, and includes the HPV vaccine, which is safe and effective and prevents, this one prevents cancer, and to incorporate it into our usual messages. So the communication about vaccines are important. It's critically important for providers to uh, to assess the vaccination status of young people at every visit. They might be there um, because they bumped their knee, but if they, they need the HPV vaccine, give the vaccine at that time. You can give a vaccine when someone has a, has a cold and, and things like that. So we want to take every opportunity to give these safe and effective vaccines. And we wanna take every opportunity for providers Um, and other trusted community messengers to talk about the safety and the effectiveness of these vaccines and to really work to gain the public's trust in these vaccines. And so we need really all local trusted community messengers to do that. And this really just reinforces one of our initiatives that Unity has, the three C's that brought to mind when you were saying that providers should be kind of normalizing the HPV vaccine instead of having that pause. So the Three C's being that they should be consistent, confident, and concise with their message with their patients. I like that. Are there other ways that you're looking to prioritize adolescents and young adults throughout all departments of HHS? 
Well, so um, actually the Office of Adolescent Health is uh, within my office of the Assistant Secretary for Health. And so we are working on a strategic plan in terms of adolescent health to promulgate that plan throughout the Department of Health and Human Services. And so under our Secretary's leadership, we're really looking to break down silos and barriers between our different divisions and really all work together for the common good and in this case, work together for the common good of adolescents. That includes uh, particularly behavioral health issues. That includes um, issues of sexual and reproductive health. Um, and it absolutely includes our safe and effective vaccines, such as the HPV vaccine. As we are coming to an end, I want to give you the space to promote any other initiatives or any other things that you want our listeners to keep an eye out for. Sure. So I think that there are certain lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic that we need to learn. Uh, one of the lessons is that, uh, is that we are all truly interconnected. The personal decisions that each one of us make for ourselves or perhaps our children impact ourselves. It impacts our children, our, all of our families, impacts our communities and really impacts the health of our nation and the world. And that includes, uh, of course, our safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines, but it also includes our childhood and adolescent vaccines, such as the HPV vaccine. Um, so we're all interconnected and we all need to work towards the, the, the common good and the health of our nation and the world. That leads me to the second lesson of the pandemic, which is the critical importance of public health and the coordination of public health at the local, state, federal, and international level. And again, what better example than our, than our vaccination programs um, in the United States and throughout the world, including the HPV vaccine, which literally is a cancer prevention vaccine. Other lessons of the pandemic include mental health issues and how we have to deal with those mental health issues, which is, so, is such a critical issue for adolescents. So I think we all need to work together for the health of our nation, the health of our world, and that, again, nothing is more important than our safe and effective vaccine programs. So Admiral Levine, I want to thank you one last time. It was such a pleasure having you on Vaccinated. Make sure to follow Admiral Levine on Twitter at HHS underscore ASH. Vaccinated is developed by Unity Consortium. Unity is on a mission to provide action-oriented leadership, innovation, and education on preventative health and immunization for adolescents and young adults. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Unity Consortium to stay updated on our latest projects.